You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the first pick in the NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select 10,000 layups. 10,000. 10,000 layups. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Lamps Podcast. I'm Kyle Radke here with Julian Andrews. Julian, what is up? Um, Not a ton. You know, I just finished watching The Bachelor, as is my... That's showbiz, baby. Monday tradition. Mm-hmm. That's showbiz. My hair is doing some crazy stuff right now. <laughs> I can't get it to stop. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It's a Monday. <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that about the hair, because... So, uh, I went to the office today, and like whenever I go to the office, my computer is... Like kind of at the angle, I guess, like mine is now. Yeah. But when I'm at home, I can wear hats. Like my oh, hair's yeah. a little longer. So uh-huh. it'll do the same thing. But from one side, like one angle, it looks really bad. So for every meeting I'm in the office for, I literally sit there and I just go like this the whole time. Dude, same. Yeah. And I like wish I didn't do that, but I can't because yeah. I get self-conscious about it. What can you do? We all have our weaknesses. We all have our weaknesses. Uh, ours is just having beautiful and luscious hair. Yeah, I know. It's such a huge problem. It really is. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday night. Um, Julian, uh, this will probably be, I'm trying to think timing-wise, we haven't talked about this, but the trade deadline's yeah. Thursday. We should probably do a, tr- a podcast Thursday night. I would think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll have to be late. Yeah, that's I'm fine. Down. Yeah. If not, we can do it first thing Friday morning. No, let's, so, do, let's do Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night's good. I have nothing going on. Um And like this podcast, we're going to go through, if you listen to the last one, we're going to go through trades that we, uh, I don't even, I don't even know if we like them, but they're just trades that we thought of, um, one for the wolves and one for the just overall NBA leading up to Thursday, Thursday's deadline before that, uh, we, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the Timberwolves here because, um, maybe, I mean, we we talked about them winning the games they should win against mm-hmm. Denver. They that that was maybe a surprise. 
Um, but then they they beat the Pistons twice, which was big. That makes four straight wins. Yeah. They are now at 28 and 25. They are a game back from the Nuggets from sixth place. Julian, you texted me tonight. I'm going to pull up my text. Today Uh-oh. you did. I didn't text you back till later because I'm bad. Um, one. This is at 9.37 a.m. One game out of the sixth seed. I'm kind of hype about this Wolves team. I'm kind of hype about the Wolves, you said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and like then it's you didn't fun. text me back, and then you just said at 8.20 p.m., what time works for you, fam? Yeah, I just ignored <laughs> I just ignored you. I was, yeah, I was busy. Dead. No, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're it's good. Like, I don't know what's not to be happy about with this team. And we, I, we said, we looked at their stretch of, you know, two Kings games, two Pistons games, and the Nuggets, and said they had to go four and one, right? So, yep. I mean, they could very well turn around and drop both of these games to the Kings. Knock on wood, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, they look good. They're kind of firing all cylinders. They're coming on at the right time. Um, this is just kind of what you want to see at this point. And I'm even looking at the schedule. And this is actually what, and maybe, like, I, again, I always have to, like, check myself. But when you look at the schedule and you start giving the team more wins and, like, the mm-hmm. edge on more things and that it actually kind of tells you that the team's not like or the, the team's actually a good team and not just matchup yeah. driven so yep. like i keep looking at this right and you go kings the, like the next two games like let, let's look at their next games in february right sure. you go kings okay you should win both of those you have the bulls at chicago tough game you probably lose okay indiana you could, you sh- you could win yep yeah. uh indiana you should be the favorites uh, mm-hmm. At home against Charlotte, who's tough, but like you should win that game. You have Toronto, you should win that game. Memphis, you play them tough, like you'll probably lose, um, but you could win 76ers. That's a tough game. Mm-hmm. Then you go at Cleveland, you host Golden State, but then you have the Thunder. Uh, you have the Blazers twice. You have the Thunder. Yep. You have the Matt. Like it, it's it just seems like two out of three games. You're like, oh yeah, the Wolves might win that. And totally. And also like you can see them being competitive or winning against any of those teams. Yeah. Even though you don't feel comfortable calling a win against like, you know, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, you know, but it, it wouldn't shock me if they won. Whereas in previous years I would wake up and it's like, Oh, the wolves beat the Warriors last night. Like what the hell? Yeah. What happened? Right. It's like the biggest, <laughs> you know, like you can, you can the biggest yeah, storyline totally. of the year. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, so just like fun stuff to talk about. This week is pretty much on the pod. We're just probably going to talk trades. Um, because it's funny, you said this before the pod, you just talked about how you love the trade deadline. And it's so funny in the NBA because we love watching games. And like if you're if you're watching our video of this, like I have the Chicago Bulls uh, Suns game on behind me. Um, <clears throat> but like the NBA is so drip, so much driven on like the stuff that happens away from yeah. the actual court. Like we've talked about this before, but like it's in July when there's free agency. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when like teams are deciding whether or not to like pay these big contracts, or, like whether Deandre Ayton's going to like remain a son or he's going to be pissed off because they didn't give him the, ma- like there's all these like little like subplots. Wait, is there new chatter about that? No, no, no. I'm just, I don't okay, even, I, I, like, I think wow. I just thought of that. Because <laughs> okay. Yep, totally. Yep. Totally. But like, there's just so many like weird storylines. And then it seems like when it gets to the actual season, like, yeah, I watch basketball every night, but like these games in, you know, February don't like, sure. mean a whole lot. And like the playoffs will be fun. But then what are we talking about? We're talking about like, Hey, when it gets to like, we're, we'll talk about the Clippers trade. It's like, Hey, 
are the Clippers going to like hold on to Robert Covey? I mean, yep. not, that's not like a huge storyline, but like what what will happen with him? Like, I wonder where, where he'll go. Like, there's all these little like right, weird right. subplots for each team. Well, you're touching on it because it's like the trade deadline is inherently fun because trades are fun and it's just fun to imagine the possibilities, um, both that come along with the trade deadline and then also that come with players being traded because yeah. then you can kind of like think about what those teams will look like, which is fun. But then also what's fun about the trade deadline is that it's a deadline. And, and after that, you know what the teams will look like heading into the postseason, And you can actually start to have actual conversations about who could win the championship. And that's also fun because the NBA playoffs are a lot of fun. So it's just kind of like, it's both fun by itself and because it kicks off a season of very serious NBA. And I don't mean, and serious in a fun way, but you know, it starts to really matter. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I, I agree. It, it really does. It's like you, you figure out the teams that are in and out and then teams that are going for it and see what's works, what, what works and what doesn't. Um, all right, Julian, let's go through. Um, I think we each have a wolves trade. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that first. Okay. Um, so I have to zoom in on my screen here. Cause I'm, I didn't put mine in the outline. That's all right. It's actually probably a good thing. Um, I'm zooming in. Okay. So, Mm-hmm. My Wolves trade. Timberwolves give Malik Beasley, who of course just had his best game of the season. Yep. Josh Okogie and a first round pick. Um, I don't know. I don't think it matters if it's protected or not. Like next yeah. year's first round pick, whatever. To the Kings for one Buddy Heald. Hmm. Let me. I'll, I'll, I'll make the case for the Timberwolves. You get a huge upgrade. You get Buddy Heald, who yeah. is uh, just an absolute knockdown three-point shooter. He's consistent. Um, he like whether or not you want to start him in the starting lineup or have him come off the bench in the same role that like you have Beasley. It doesn't matter. Like this year, he started six games only. Last year, he started seventy-one. Um, I mean, he's his numbers yeah, overall. You could see him starting and or not starting and finishing. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, he's still playing 29 minutes a game. His oh. numbers down a little bit this year compared to past uh, 37% from the three point line. Uh, but it just seems like he's he just gives you more than what Beasley would. You're able to get rid of a Kogi who you're not going to keep anyways. Um, and then you give a first round pick. But the hope is next year, your first round pick is uh, you have to keep it this year. So the hope is that next year your pick would be like, you know, in the 20s. Right. Like, that's great. Now. If you're the Kings, so Buddy Heal is he's due this year. He's due 23 million. Um, next year he's due 21 million. The next year 23, 24 he's due 19 million, yeah. um, and that brings him to year 31 um, of age. So if you're the case for the Kings is you get off 40 million dollars of his contract for the next two years. Sure, you you trade it for Beasley, who is due $15 million the next, like next year. But then the next year after that, it's a team option for his 16.5 million, which you will decline. And suddenly, you know, you, you basically shave off $25 million of cap space and you get a first round pick for doing it. And you're a team that's not going to go anywhere. Um, what thoughts? What are, what are your thoughts? I like it. Do you need the first? I, like, look what just happened with, Powell and Covington and like 
like, could that be a second? Could, you know, does that happen? I guess to be if your I'm first? the Kings, I'm just wondering why I would. Salary savings. I, I guess, but like, don't, don't the Lakers, like, if the Lakers can give you like Horton Tucker, a, a salary cap filler and a first round pick, like, wouldn't they? I guess my thing would be like the competition. Like, it yeah, just right. Seems... It would depend on the competition around the league yeah. for sure. But I, will I say think this... you have to at least float doing that without the first. But yeah. and if you can, that's great. Um, but I would do it. I mean, I to be clear, I think that's a good trade. I would do that with the first. I just wonder, given how how concerned middling teams seem to be right now about cap space. Yeah. Well, and here's another with the Halliburton thing. extension coming. Like maybe they really feel like they need to get off money. That's true. And another thing to talk about is uh, if you look at Beasley's numbers, I'm talking myself out of this trade, but Beasley's He's numbers. All right. He well, yeah, it's thirty five percent from the three point line. It's only two percent less than Heald's, um, like right around like two points less per game. Um, so I mean, like he's kind of the same player. I just don't think he's as like, I, I just don't think he's as dependable as somebody like Buddy Heald is. And he's on a way cheaper contract though. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Yeah, you could sell me on that trade without you. I I would instantly accept that trade if it became not a first round pick. You could definitely sell me on that trade with yeah, it being a first round pick. And, and I mean, and in Heath's contract, I mean, next year it goes down 2 million and the next year it goes down another 2 million. So yeah. It de- escalates. But uh, all right, Julian, Wolf's yeah. trade, what do you got for me? I thought about this a lot. As you know, my stance is that the Wolves should not make a big move. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about a lot of stuff. Is the I, Buddy Heald trade a big move, by the no. way? Okay. I don't think so. All right. No, I think that, I think that type of a move makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, but I kept coming back to Miles Turner. I like. I think that if there's a guy out there who can really make an instant impact and kind of bring the Wolves up a tier that is both gettable and, um, like a guy who who they can get, but who is also an actual impact player, I think it's Turner, and I think it's got to be something like Beasley and two firsts. The money works with that, but. Um, I think it's, I think that's the move if you're going to make a big move again, I'm not sure if I want to do that Yeah, or Beasley a first and a second, if you can get away with it, probably you can't, but I think that's the move I, I would go after miles Turner. I, I, and I think what you maybe do is like you throw, like you throw Nas Reed into that deal. Yeah. Right. You, yep. I mean, I guess like the problem, so, uh, Turner's contract expires after next year. I'm actually, I actually really like that deal. The only problem is you're going to have to ask Turner or Vanderbilt to come off the bench. Yeah. And well, I mean, you'd be asking Vanderbilt to come off the bench. Yeah. I I mean, there's also maybe you, maybe Vanderbilt goes on that deal, you know, like honestly, which, which sucks to say, cause it's like this really good kind of story. Dorian's fit really well with the starting lineup. So this is like my hesitance to doing a trade at all. It's like, I kind of don't want to mess with the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to mess with it, I mean, swapping out Vanderbilt for miles Turner is an upgrade. And I guess, I mean, I, you know, I love Vanderbilt so much cause I think he's just like the ultimate winning player, but if you're going to sell high in a guy, right. Like has he ever, like has his stock ever been higher? Right. I right. mean, he, I, he would also be good off the bench. Like, I don't think Jared Vanderbilt has done so much that it would be like impossible to 
have him come off well, the bench. He's one of those guys where it's like on a really good team, is he a starting player? Like things right. are, like are we fooling ourselves into thinking he's right uh starting caliber power forward? Like he's a type of player that gets super exposed in the playoffs when you don't, you know, you just let him out on the perimeter and um a, yeah, a, no. like a like guard a front court combination of Turner and Cat with like Edwards and Beasley and D'Lo would be nasty. It would be a nightmare for offenses. And the D and and the defense that Turner brings is also just like yeah. unlike like the shot just affecting shots around the rim is kind of unlike anything that the Wolves have. And, 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 and I don't really think Turner is going to be ever an elite offensive player. I don't think he's really ever going to put it together there, but he can stretch the floor and he can block shots. And I just don't think you can have too many guys like that. So, so I guess, I mean, it kind of hurts me to say like, you can maybe hear it in my voice. I'm not like totally thrilled about this, but I think that that's, I think that's the guy. If, if yeah. there's, if there's a big move, which well, and like you might be able to get him for cheap. Like we're yeah, gonna oh, talk if you can for, get him for cheap, if you can get him for just like a first in Beasley, I, there's there's like no reason not to do that deal. Well, and I mean, we just saw the Kyrus LeVert trade. We'll talk about that later mm-hmm. in the pod. But like, it's pretty clear that the Pacers are willing to just, yep, we're absolutely punting. Um, yep. on on the season. No, I I, I, I like I like the idea of Miles Turner. I do. I'm the, my only concern is like where does like where where does he fit? Or, and like yeah. unless Vanderbilt's part of the deal, which I think Timberwolves fans would. Um, come to your house and like they'd yeah. your house if that happened. It's tough though, because it's like you said, like you can't win a championship by getting too attached to guys like Jared Vanderbilt as good <laughs> as he is. It's a good point, you know? And, and so the, I mean, the question is like how all in are the walls willing to go? And I, I, again, I've argued this on the pod. I don't necessarily think this is the time to push all your chips into the table. Like I think you take these developmental wins and kind of just go into the next season with some positive energy. Um, but if a guy like Turner becomes available for a package like Vanderbilt Beasley and a kind of mediocre pick, then I don't know how you don't jump on that. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm with you. And, uh, you know, Turner, he's 25, you know, some injury history, but yeah, he's only 25. Um, all right. My trade for the NBA. Now this is a real, we call this a blockbuster. Uh, I saw this. This is a real boomer. Um, (laughs) And I don't necessarily know. I think there's one team that says no, and I think it's the 76ers. But we could figure out, like, draft picks to make this better. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, okay. God, the more I look at this trade, it just seems more one-sided. But, okay. Hit me, and then we'll, we can solve for it. Yes. Okay, the Celtics, they receive Ben Simmons from the 76ers. Okay. They receive Kyle Kuzma from the Wizards. They receive Seth Curry from the 76ers, and they receive... Tyrese Maxey from the 76ers. She's now, Louise. now it seems like here's my take in looking at this trade again. Either it has to be Curry or Maxey. Not yeah, both. you got to take Maxey out of that. Okay. So no Maxey. Okay. Celtics receive Ben Simmons and Seth Curry from the 76ers. Kyle Kuzma from the wizards. All right. Mm-hmm. 76ers. They get Bradley Beal. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Wizards, they get Al Horford and Jalen Brown. Yeah, this trade kind of slaps. So I, let me, I'm going to break it down for each team. I kind of like this. So the Celtics, it's clearly not working with Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. Like you were the darling, 
like the young team darling that was going to go to multiple NBA finals, but that's not realistic. So basically you get rid of Jalen Brown, um, like obviously a key player and Al Horford's contract. And you're able to get back Ben Simmons, um, Kyle Kuzma to make the salary work and, um, you know, either Curry or Maxi, whatever. Um, they probably come out of this the best, but like this is if you're assuming Ben Simmons, like is going to be really, really good. There's a chance he's not. Mm -hmm. Um, then there's the 76ers. They get Bradley Beal. Basically it's like you're getting, you're giving up Ben Simmons and a, a a nice piece, whether that's Curry or Maxi, but you're getting a really good shooting guard, probably the best player in the deal. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you're the wizards. You're a totally rebuilding team. Probably. And Bradley Beal doesn't want to be there. So yeah. like at the very least, you're getting Jalen Brown, who you can either a flip for multiple picks later. Uh, and you're, you have Al Horford just to make the money work. Um, and he's maybe like a buyout candidate. I don't know. Yeah. Um, your, your thoughts. Honestly, I like this. Um, I think that the Sixers are probably saying no, as you kind of alluded to. And I think the Celtics are like crazy attached to Jalen Brown. Yeah. I think all of these teams should do this. Um, I agree. I think because, they should too. Because if you're the Sixers, you are currently squandering an all-time season from Embiid. Yep. And putting Beal next to him would immediately kind of make them an Eastern Conference contender. I would bet on them to make the finals if they made this trade. Because you're turning no production from Ben Simmons plus Seth Curry into this. Probably Beal. You know. Who's had a tough year, but he's in Washington and he doesn't like it there. If you're the Celtics, you've needed a primary ball handler for like since Rajon Rondo left. Mm -hmm. You know, and pairing Simmons and Tatum would be really, really cool. And Um, if you're able to get like the Kuzma throw in. Yes. And then either Curry or Maxi, which I I know that's a lot, but like I I was when I I don't think you're getting Maxi. Maybe not. Um, but I think for one year of a championship, if you're trying to win the championship in your Philadelphia, you're probably keeping Curry instead of Maxi. I think Maybe. Curry's more valuable just with the shooting. Yeah, that's fair. That's but, fair. Right. Because you see on both sides where you're like, well, it doesn't seem like Boston should get that much. But then if you're Boston, you're like, what, what the fuck? Do you, like, we're going to give up Jalen Brown and we're going to get this Ben Simmons guy that we don't know anything so about. What's the draft compensation? Is there draft compensation heading to the wizards? They probably get like a maybe like a a first round pick, like two first round picks. I don't know from whoever Boston probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean I could totally see this working. I think this sets up both the Sixers and the Celtics for kind of a long term success. I mean, you know, Marcus Smart then probably gets moved, um, or you know comes off the bench. Even you start. Or no, or maybe you start him alongside Simmons and you do smart Simmons or like smart Seth Curry, Tatum, Simmons. Yeah. Time Lord, just kind of like a weird stretchy line. Like that would be cool. Um, the Wizards move on from this like failed experiment. I, I, yeah, and th- th- I was thinking and to myself. Pick up Jalen Brown, who's like a better guy to build around long term. Yeah, I was thinking to myself when I put together this trade of like, less about players and more about teams. Mm-hmm. And of course, like they're all on the East coast and like whatever. But I was thinking about like teams that just need to press the reset button, whether it be with a player or whether it be with like their team and like the wizards and Celtics were like pretty obvious. Cause it's like, all right, this, 
Celtics, like that's not working. Figure it out. Um, Wizards, all right, after a hot start, time to press the reset button. Then the 76ers, it's like you got to go for it. Like you got to, yeah. you got to cash in on teams trying to sell. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like that trade. It's not going to ever happen because I don't think no. teams are, 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 um, you know, it's, that's a tough trade to make, certainly. Um, yeah, I think the problem is that the, I don't know. The problem with this trade is the same thing that makes it a good trade, which is that like all of the teams involved will kind of be hurting. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so it's, it's tough because it's like, I don't know. Like none of these teams want to move these guys. The Sixers, I don't think they really want to trade Simmons. The Celtics certainly don't want to trade Brown. And it doesn't seem like the Wizards really want to move on from Beal, but it's like the right thing to do. I agree with I agree with the Beal and the Brown. I think the Sixers would love to get leverage. rid of Simmons if they can get like James Harden or a player like Beal. Yeah. If it's like the Halliburton. That's true. That's like, true. That's true. That's true. You know, poopy platter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. all right, give me your NBA trade. Well, um, my NBA trade is a lot simpler. Um it's CJ McCollum for Julius Randle and Salary Phil. Okay. Wow. Um, the current salary fill is Luca Samanich. Give me. Okay. Why for the Blazers? Why for the Blazers? You can't win with no scoring big in or like no like I don't know. There's just like this CJ Dame thing. It's just not working. Simons is coming on. You just moved on from Powell and Rocco. Like. And if you're the Blazers, you are never getting another like star in the building to play with Dame. Like it's clear that the free agency route is not going to work. I think you have to try to do like one last kind of pairing. Mm -hmm. And Randall feels gettable. It's not like the type of A-list star that you would want. Um, But I think you just have to try something else. And if they end up having to move on from Lillard, it's not like an immovable piece there and Randall's relatively young. Um, it would kind of hurt me. I don't know if like I've been kicking this idea around a lot. And I'm not even sure the Knicks would do this either. Um, I tried the other version of this trade is, is like is CJ and Eric Bledsoe's expiring for Fournier and Randall and probably also a pick mm-hmm. or a uh, pick from the Blazers. Um, I, I don't maybe. mind like the Randall, like McCollum. So I go like for the Knicks, like you have to figure out what you're like, you have, you just have like a lot of wings suddenly. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't hate it because it is like one of those, like the thing yeah. is, is if you're the Knicks, you're going to be able to get somebody else to come play there. Yeah. You know, and I know that this hasn't really materialized, but at the very least, like what the Knicks have done over the last couple of years is established themselves as kind of like a credible organization. And having done that, if they can clear a little bit of space and I know moving or training for CJ is not clearing cap space, but you could also move Evan Fournier or something yeah, um, to open up cap space. If you did this and just kind of like go and get free agents. And it's kind of a, an annoying thing to say because like I I'm a Blazers fan and I've been, you know, Portland has been trying to get like a halfway decent free agent literally my entire life. 
and it's just it's like it's just like with the wolves it just doesn't happen yeah so not realistic my pro the thing is is that as much as i hate to see cj get traded i don't think you can trade cj for another guard um unless you can work out a simmons deal which seems not possible given what the sixers are asking for and yeah it almost feels like at this point with the blazers like it's not going to be the interim gm to do it um but the blow up situation it's time it's coming yeah it seems seems like we're there yeah totally and I mean, there's like room for optimism um, with some of the young guys that they have on the roster. And I think, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that Roko Norm deal yeah. after the break. But it's like, it just seems like it's definitely time to move on from CJ. And I think if you're the Blazers, like the last thing you do is trade Dame. Like the last step of any kind of rebuild is trading Dame. Because if there's a chance that he wants to sit out the season and then come back next year. Like you have to do that because you're just not getting another player of his caliber. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't like love this deal for either team, but I think that something like it is kind of makes sense. I, the Randall thing is not really working in New York. They're not winning. It's like two teams in similar situations who might just want to bet on the other guy. Uh, and the the Pelicans, I've, I saw a report from Mark Stein today that yeah. were interested in CJ McCollum. I don't know what weird. that package is, though. Yeah. I also saw that. Um, well, I saw part of it. I don't pay like for the Devontae subs, Graham, so. a first-round pick, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, is. something like that would be good, too, like if you're really blowing it up. But I think if you're trying to do another run with, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The Nurkic Randall <laughs> front court would be like something to behold. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just like very difficult situation, I think for both of these teams. But I think if you're the Knicks, like you tried to kind of ca- like recapture the lightning in the bottle of last year. But at this point, I think you just try to dump as much salary at the trade deadline as you can and just kind of build around RJ and quickly and sign guys. Um, Cause you're going to be able to get somebody to come play in New York. Yeah. Yeah, so, I agree. Well, we'll we're gonna see. yeah, let's get into the Blazers after the break. We got some stuff to talk about. Um, the Super Bowl is almost here. We are six days away. Uh, it's the moment we've been waiting for since September. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl Fifty Six, is giving new customers fifty six to one odds on either team. Bet just five dollars and get two hundred eighty in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN and get fifty six to one odds on either team bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets. If your team wins, that's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line 1-800-889- 9789 in Connecticut call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text h o p e n y 467-369 um been practicing well yes i want to go back to the old one but yeah, um, well, you can't. people in people in New York have gambling problems too um 
All right, Julian, we have some NBA news to talk about. 1-800-HOPNEY. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, Jesus, who, who, who came up with the marketing for this? This is horrible. Uh, all right, uh, let, let, let's start with the non-trade. Uh, I just okay. got like a Luka stat in there. Uh, Luka Doncic, uh, he has 44 triple-doubles in his career. That is now 10th all-time. He is right behind Larry Bird. Well, not right behind. He's 15 behind. Um, that's crazy. He's only been in the league for three years. Wow. And Russell Westbrook's at the top of that list with 193. So maybe that's what you need to know about. A great doubles. player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, okay. Russ is Russ is a great player. He was yes. Was yeah. Was uh, okay. It's, I'll just say it's hard to get triple doubles in the NBA. Not yeah, anyone I, I can can't imagine it. it's easy, but um, when you're hunting, maybe for not it, the best stat. It maybe takes away from yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe. Let's go through the Cavs trade. Uh, yeah. They made a trade on something, Sunday. Something good. The Cleveland Cavaliers traded for. They received Karis LeVert and a 2022 second-round pick, which belongs to Miami. And then the Pacers received Ricky Rubio's expiring contract. Of course, Rubio has a torn ACL. I doubt that he even reports to Indiana. My guess is he'll stay wherever he is. Um, But if he does go to Indiana, um, I had a good friend remind me that Ricky Rubio's tour of mediocre cities in the United States continues. He's been to Minnesota. He's been to Utah. He's been to Cleveland, Indiana. Um, where else is Rick? And, you know, like he's, he's been to all these. Just the Twin now. Cities are definitely the best. The best. Those cities. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, Phoenix, he went to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Indiana also gets a 2022 first round pick, which would be this year's pick and it's lottery protected. Uh, and then a 2022 second round pick from Houston and a 2027 second round pick via Utah, the 22 Ooh. second round pick from Houston. What I will say is for that is that's probably going to be like 32. It's pretty good second round pick. 33. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I guess like thoughts. It was uh-huh. a great deal. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is just how you drew it up. If, if you're, I think either one of these teams, um, I don't know. I don't think Karis Levert had a ton of value around the league, but I think he has a lot of value to the Cavs. So I think this is perfect because, Indiana got, I think, what you can consider a fair return for him um, and the cap space that comes with Ricky's expiring contract. feel really bad for Rubio. Um, but, you know, this is how it goes. And I, I think, yeah, Indiana kind of extracted some value out of this guy who can definitely play but didn't really have a future in Indiana. I think it was yeah. pretty clear. Um and the Cavs get another score, and the Cavs are looking kind of dangerous. I mean, I really like Karis LeVert on the Cavs. I think he's 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 like long enough and big enough that, um, he, you know, it, it's like I think there was this world where they went and traded for a point guard, um, just because, and they might still, I guess, just because, you know, you want another ball handler is what they've been saying to play next to Garland and kind of to replace Sexton um, in the lineup kind of as a one for one thing. And I think that is kind of smart, but I like that they went with Levert because I I can see Levert having a real role on this team, regardless of what they decide to do with Sexton. Um, I could see Levert coming, becoming a sixth man for them. I could see him playing in a three guard lineup alongside Sexton and Garland. If they do decide in those two situations, if they do decide to keep those guys together. And then in the short term, I think he adds exactly what they need, um, which is another scorer. And I think, I don't know. I just really like it. I just think it makes a lot of sense. I didn't really think about this. 
before I saw the news, um, but I like it a lot. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. 19 points per game, uh, Levert's 27. Um, good news if you're Cleveland, if you don't like him, well, he's an expiring contract next year. Um, yeah. And the only thing you had to give up was an expiring contract and a, you know, two second round picks and a protective first. So you're not out a lot. Um, and, and like, I also kind of like this from Cleveland because I think it's pretty easy for a team like Cleveland to look at its roster and maybe say like, yep, we don't belong. Um, instead of going for it, we're actually going to mm-hmm. trade, you know, X guy for a future first to a team that is contending and we'll, you know, we'll take the back seat. Cleveland's like, no, we are in fourth place in the East. We are a game and a half back from first place. Like, let's go for like, who says Cleveland can't get that one seat? I know. Like, you know I mean, what I mean? We like, just saw it happen with the Suns. Like we're more, yeah, we're more than halfway through the season. Like, do I like them in the playoffs? No, but like in the NBA, when, when you can go for it, like you go for it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you when, it when also it, shows these young players on the team that the organization is serious about winning. Yes. And I think that that really matters. Like it's going to matter to these guys on this team that the, that the GM is going out there to try and bring in more people that will help them win this year. Cause I, I, cause guys care about that. Um, and it's like, they're not thinking, Oh, how do we preserve our future assets in three years? You know, they're thinking like, Oh, we've worked really hard and come through for this franchise. And now we want the franchise to support us. And I think that if that doesn't happen, like I think if that team gets blown up or if they don't get, you know, if they don't make a trade, then that kind of can come back to hurt them culturally. Well, um, and th- let's go back. We talked about that James Harden trade for uh, like getting Jared <laughs> Allen in there. Now the Cavs have uh, both of they, they both have Allen. I and, do not uh, understand. I mean, I guess I understand. I, I I don't know. It didn't even really make sense at the time why the Cavs got Jared Allen, <laughs> and no. it was a lot of money. I mean, that was that's what it was. And Houston didn't want him because of freaking Christian Wood. Um, but he was fringe All Star this year, so yep. worked out well. Uh, another yeah. trade with your Blazers. Um, yeah. The Clippers acquire Norman Powell and Robert Covington, and the uh, Blazers get Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Kean Johnson, who is a first-round pick this year, and a 2025 second-round pick to Portland. Um, I guess the Clippers, the answer is pretty obvious why you make the trade. Even if it's not for this year staying afloat, like you still get Powell for next year. And then you have the bird rights for Covington um, and you're really not giving up much, but if you're the blazers, you're just trying to shed cap and, and like, yeah, you basically open up playing time for some other guys. I mean, you say you got blood. So, but really what you got is the ability to buy out the last <laughs> right. 3.6 million. That's guaranteed for him last year and shed $18 million cap space. You know, like, like that's what it was. It, it you know, the Powell signing, I think made a lot of sense for them at the time, but given how this season went, and how Powell's looked, which is not worth what he's paid. You know, I get it. It it sucks. Like these kinds of deals are just like not fun for fans of of those teams. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of the cost of doing business in the NBA that this kind of stuff is gonna happen sometime. Not really sure why, like what happened, like why Covington had to be in there. I think it's probably because Norm's contract is like really valued as a negative. Um I like the Keon Johnson, I actually think is a reasonable investment for the Blazers yeah, to make. Well, He's insanely yeah, well, athletic. Why not? Um, and you, yeah, you open up time for Simons and kind of just hopefully trade CJ, shut down Dame, get a high draft pick, go into the off season with like a little bit more flexibility, a really high draft pick and some more developmental time for your young guys. 
So I don't, you know, it's kind of sucks when these kinds of trades happen, but I, I get it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, more optimistic for it, but the Clippers, but also like if you're the Blazers, oh, sure. yeah. certainly a move like you kind of have to make. It's like, yeah, like what do you like? What else are you getting for those guys? Yeah. Um, other than like freeing up some space, but um, all right. Well, sweet. Uh, Julian, we'll talk Thursday um, trade deadline episode. We'll also get to maybe we'll open some cards on Thursday mm-hmm. night's pod or maybe on, uh, you know, like after the pod or before we can do a live video for our three star sports card card corner. Um, all right, sweet. Well, thanks, Julian. Um, I'm excited to see what happens this week. Yeah. All right. Later, man. <laughs>